0: Back, Wrench Nation. Every week, hanging out with you guys. 887 The Pulse from Wrench Nation's home studio. One of the greatest automotive technology schools in the country, right here, the East Valley Institute of Technology. Your favorite car talk, where we take you on a journey every week. Wrench Nation. about some of the great guests we've had in the past going deep into time. Well, speaking of deep into time, how about Leave It to Beater Tony Dow, the 50-year reunion with the Corvair. Or recently what is 10 years running plus on Discovery Channel Street Outlaws. We've had Boosted GT and world-renowned custom builder John D'Agostino right here on wrench nation, welcome back, man. We appreciate hanging out with you guys, especially on Hump Day, because it seems like Wednesday. Some of you dragging tail and tailpipes and everything else that you can think of. We just want to reinvigorate that mechanical situation. Welcome
1: back, Susie's in the house. Susie's sockets. What is shaking? I can stop swaying to the music now, right? Uh, that's Does one of stopped? those
0: songs, and that's a big uh, big shout-outs to the Budo's I band. I love it.
1: Love it, Frank. Uh,
0: catch that track on Spotify. Uh, we try to introduce some good music to you guys. We haven't had any hate email or anything like no, that. No, not yet. I mean, people people been pretty
1: receptive. That's right.
0: But you can catch, of course, that's the Budo's band, uh, full of great brass uh, and, and awesome rhythm section there. Uh, most of you don't know that uh, I play a rusted jazz trombone, and so there has to be some kind of Brass situation associated with the show. Susie, what's happening in the well,
1: garage? Wow, Frankie, how's your foot? Or your ankle? What well, peop- a good?
0: But if people don't know, I had a ball joint replacement of the situations. <laughs> about 30 days ago, I decided, uh, well, you know, life happens. You break an ankle. Literally. You put a screw in it. Through and you, you got to recover. Yes. How many of you got screws in your body? <laughs> <laughs> well, you look good. I mean, people talk about cars. Yeah. I read somewhere that The sign of a good mechanic, I think this is hashtag fake news, but I see this above over the years, almost 30 years doing this, above a time or two ago. Mechanics Toolbox. Every good mechanic has a couple of extra screws. (laughs) And as a youngster coming up, I always said to myself, wait a minute, something's not right with that situation. That's Um, pretty funny. I want to share with you guys. Of course, get on over to wrenchnation.tv. Also, catch the podcast upload. And a big shout-out to our 90.7 Neon and KFNX uh, 1100 AM listeners on the weekend. You guys rock. Always appreciate what you guys can uh, hang out with us.
1: Okay, so... Where is the time going, Frank? Because you know what's happening next week. A lot of schools are going back to schools class. are coming. It opening. is coming back.
0: Teachers, I saw, I saw some. some Where's of that, the time
1: actually? going? But you know what's interesting is we're getting a lot of questions. What kind of car should I get my son or daughter going back to school? Make them take a bus. This no, is how Frank's what I'm saying. This is how we grew up. These are fortunate kids that get to drive the car to school. That was cool, wasn't it? Well, yeah. you didn't. That's right, you didn't.
0: Well, I'm just saying we need to be humble. Some of we you do. guys out there are spoiled. You want a brand new car. You need to hump it. You need to stall on the intersection once in a while <laughs> and learn what the... Well, not really. But <laughs> no. in all seriousness, we do. We do this time of year. Uh, there is an uptick of, you know, used car inspections. And I highly advise that. Uh, and a lot of you are going to kick a tire and you lift the hood and, you know, you, you're doing your thing. And, and then you come to find out some situations. So take... The car or truck or whatever you're buying. Some of you are going to get an RV. You got seven kids going to school. <laughs> but take it to your local neighborhood automotive rock star because a good mechanic is going to do a bumper-to-bumper inspection. And with all respect, a lot of you tinkering tinkering uh, in the garage at home, and I, and I get that. But boy, boy, get a second lens. Get a second viewpoint uh, about what that car looks like because Craigslist I'm still trying to find this dude named Craig because there is some funky <laughs> business on Craigslist there can be number one tip here it is has nothing to do with the nuts and bolts under the hood. It's common sense. If it sounds too good, it is probably not something you want to buy if if you find that 2012 Honda Civics are all getting about five to seven thousand. And there's that one little old Civic getting thirty-two, you know, three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars, and they throwing in some donuts. People, please use your common sense. I mean, that's straight up. Susie, there's another thing um, I think folks can do that is simple. We all know about the dipstick, right? But what are we really looking at in that dipstick?
1: Well, you know what? One of the things that comes to mind is that chocolate milk. And what do I mean by chocolate milk? Frank? Oh, damn! I'm talking about some oil and water mix. Now, that's not a salad dressing I'm talking about. I'm talking no. about an oil and water mix. Uh,
0: you better not. Vinegar.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Vinegar.
0: You've got some kind of <laughs> other issues. But. So you guys know that the combustion chamber has to be separated. There, there's chambers throughout an engine, right? The upper, the lower end. you got a cooling chamber. you got a combustion chamber. Things are flowing. They all need to be separated. So when an engine gets extremely hot, like it started dancing Macarena hot and it just stalled, it just was not good, there's a good chance from that overheat episode we may have warped a cylinder head. Bottom line is, if you pull the dipstick and you've got that chocolate milk, that's a problem. If you pull the dipstick, mom and dad, I know you're listening. Don't just look at it. I'm telling you to smell it. Smell it. And if it smells like burnt brownies, you got a problem. I don't care if it said Sun City Cream Puff. This is a problem.
1: Does it really smell like a brownie?
0: I think visually. Visually? I think, I think that's theory You can't mind, like, but taste no. it. And it tastes like a no, brownie. right? It's not going right? okay. to be sweet. Okay. But,
1: and of course, if it's grainy, uh,
0: a lot of you guys can pull that dipstick. Get it in between your... Your fingers. Here's another one for you while your big shots pulling the dipstick. A lot of you say, Well, I checked my all, Look good, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you one more thing, okay? And again, number one is besides the common sense, watch out for the deal that is really not a deal. Number two, get it over to your local mechanic. It is worthy of spending the money. You can come to our garage, Desert Car Care Chandler, or reach out, wrenchnation.tv. There's a whole friends section there with uh, Rockstar mechanics across the country to help you out but there's one more thing i want you to be aware of with that that what could be a dastardly dipstick and that is that honey oil honey oil now some of you saying what are you we're not talking pancakes people That's honey what it sounded like oil now let me i'm gonna paint the picture i'm a mischievous used car gypsy i'll just call it what it is and i'm trying to sell you a lemon and i've dressed it up It smells right, looks tight, it's got great tunes. I even put an amp in it, because I know you youngsters want some bumping sounds. Mm -hmm. But what I did when I bought this thing at the auction is I noticed it had an engine knock or some valve train ticking. I could hear that, but I could get a sweet deal. So what do I do? Am I going to rebuild the engine and make a profit and sell it to you, the sucker on Craigslist? No. I'm going to get some honey oil. Literally, pours like honey. What does that do? Well, the honey, now you're saying, well, Frank, we ain't making pancakes. I get that. That honey oil will take up. It's a thick syrupy oil. So back to the dipstick. When you pull that dipstick, I told you to smell it, Yep. but I'm also going to have you take your fingers and get tacky with it. Get tacky with it. Touch it up and down. And if it feels like, holy goodness, this thing is still stuck to my face, oh, I got a silk thread going. <laughs> what I'm saying is that engine has excessive clearances, whether it be rod and main bearings, could be top end, some valve train uh, uh, clearance issues. By pouring this engine oil, that will temporarily mask a problem. So you buy the vehicle. Now, how many of you can agree? You buy, you're out there buying whatever you're buying, you're hyped. We're not in our right minds. Right. Some of us are worse, and men, we're really bad. We better make sure you take your ladies with you because we are big shots. We have a tendency to be big shots, and we're really blinded. We're not really paying attention. So I want you to be cautious. If you are buying a used vehicle, whether it's a first-time driver in the family, we want you guys to be safe. We don't want you guys to get bamboozled. So I invite you over to Desert Car Care Chandler. Uh, we have a two for one. In other words, uh, you know, you'll pay uh, It's about $140. We'll do a bumper to bumper digital inspection. But with that, if we shake down a lemon the first time through, the second one is on us. Cause we, yep. we see that there's a high rate of that. Um, I wanted to cover news. I know we only have a few minutes, and I do actually want to cover what we're... Well, what's the show topic, What Susie? is it, Frank? What, what is are it? Doing? I'm excited. We try to give you guests from all over the world. Uh, we did have Vidita Singh, uh, Princess Vidita Singh. Uh, oh, that was a nice show. Uh, she's uh, out of Bawana, India, an amazing automotive artist. We've had John DiAgostino. Of course, his uh, legendary custom builder uh, has the Elvis 2s permanently displayed at La La Land in Hollywood. Well, we can't break the tradition, people. We have Bruce... Canapa CEO of Canapa Group. Now, you're saying to yourself, okay, great, Bruce is coming on. What's the big deal with Bruce? Well, Bruce has been around for quite some time. He's a big deal. He has driven just about everything that you can drive out there, and he holds a Pikes Peak world record.
1: Pikes Peak like in Seattle? Like high altitude.
0: Ooh, nice. Bruce is going to join us. Also, Bruce has an amazing uh, collection of cars, and for all of my Porsche Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Is it Porsche or Porsche? Is Deutsch? what Porsche. What? Bruce is a 959 aficionado, enthusiast, authority. Period. Man. Nice. 959 Porsche was one of the renowned designed vehicles. With a caveat. Wow. What happens to us Americans? We get these vehicles that are built overseas, but we can't have them.
1: But <laughs>
0: well, Bruce was behind. The laws of changing that. Oh, really? The 959 Porsche, for all of you aficionados out there, that's one of the uh, most advanced design vehicles of its time. It is still today. And Bruce has a slew of those, as well as a an amazing garage workshop uh, restoring these vehicles. So Bruce is uh, going to be joining us. I do want to take a moment. I want your opinion. Real quick, I want to cover some news um, you know I we try to cover some of this stuff that I don't know there, there's a ton of automotive news, but this really got under my skin. okay. This affects you in Sacramento County and a few other counties across the country. Now, Sacramento County says it's illegal to work on your own car in your own garage.
1: You cannot, Susie, if you want to do your brakes in your driveway. Like homeowner kind of thing, like in your own home.
0: In general, whether it's HOA or whether you have a home with land. That's a city order, Sacramento. Now, here's where it gets catchy. This is what bugs me out. And if I have any attorneys listening, I'm mad at you people. You need to write these laws a lot straight. (laughs) The code states that conducting minor vehicle repair or minor automotive repair is legal at a residence. And defines brake replacements, tune-ups, oil changes, tires, and so on. However, here's some exceptions. The exception to that is if you're using tools not normally found in a residence. Now, what what is that? Like, I have a floor jack. Now, am I supposed to say that's part of my living room table? If you are... So, here's a law. Yeah, you can do it. But no, you can't. So, I think it's Uh, one... A lot of loopholes. It it has got people in a rage. You cannot also... Uh, the exception, conducted on vehicles registered to persons not currently residing on the lot. Now, I get that. Maybe, maybe a guy's trying to make a business out of his garage. I get that. And also conducted outside a fully enclosed garage and resulting in any vehicle being inoperable for more than 24 hours. Wow. Now, I guess some of you, my HO families out there. say, well, Frank, I live in an HOA, so I don't have to worry about that. Right? I got that Uncle Louie over there working <laughs> on a 78 Impala. I just think my point is if if you write the laws... Can we just write him with none of this fine print, right. snafu. Oh, right. wait a minute. I thought I could, but I can't. Right. So anyway, uh, I'd like to say that's weird automotive news, but the fact is, that's the real news. That's a law. I'm not sure what you guys can do with that, but uh, I want you guys to stay tuned because we do have a very special gentleman with a storied history, uh, race history, as well as uh, design and restoration. We have Bruce Canepa, uh, Canepa, Canepa. Uh, with the Canepa Group uh, out of California. I want you guys to stay tuned. Wrench Nation next
1: came and the good old days now When we used to rock and
0: dance together. Bolt-on Technologies, automotive software solutions Auto repair shops that have Bolt-on Technologies software Provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text Real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates and repair information at your fingertips Info at boltontechnology.com
1: Lee Weatherby's Accurate Automotive is a local, family-owned, award-winning auto repair shop in Mesa, serving Arizona drivers since 1992. ASE-certified technicians, modern repair facility, and digital reports on every service. In Mesa on Robson Road, just south of Broadway, between Country Club and Center. 480-890-0409, AccurateAutomotiveAZ.com, or AccurateAutomotiveAZ on Facebook. My soul can't be sold, shake me cold. Oh, shake me cold, that's high, low ground
0: That's high, low ground Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Amongst the storied history of uh, some of those uh, great race legends and designs, there exists a common pursuit of attention to detail. I think you guys can agree, whether you're working on a go-kart, that attention to detail is huge. Also, that drive for an impeccable approach to win. It means that you're going to have some failures. Well, from 2001's uh, Truck Hill Climb, of Pike's Peak record-breaking run to pairing up with motorsports icons like Rick Mears and Monty Shelton at the 24 Hours of Daytona, Bruce Canapa has given his heart and soul to the track while pushing that envelope within the world of motorsports, restoration design, and preservation of that history. We are completely honored to have Bruce Canapa, Canapa Group. Bruce, welcome to the show, partner.
2: Hi, how are you?
0: Out of California. Tell the people, where are you at exactly? Out in uh, California. Well, we're in
2: in Santa Cruz County. People know Santa Cruz. And Scotts Valley was kind of the... It's a city within the county, but it's kind of was the tech area or is part of the tech area of Santa Cruz because it's just 20 minutes from the Silicon Valley. So... Yeah. That's where we're at.
0: Beautiful country up there. You've been around uh, behind the steering wheel, behind the tire, brakes, and many other functions, and uh, raced uh, quite a few circuits. We're going to get to Pike's Peak here in a moment. How did you get started, Bruce? Uh, is that a family business, a family affair?
2: Yeah, it was birth. Ah, uh, you were birthed.
0: See, I've had a few, see, we've had a few Bruce-likes Yeah. well, yep. mom <laughs> said there was a wrench,
2: so they sell a wrench or something. Uh, yeah. I can
0: believe that about you. Tell us more.
2: Yeah, Oh, no. well, my, well, my dad was, uh, my dad after the war, after World War II, and and uh, he, was, he was on B-29s on those missions, and then when he came home, he went to work for his sister's husband, who was a Packer dealer, and eventually... He had his own dealerships. He learned that business. He liked it and learned it, and then had a number of franchises in Santa Cruz County. You know, Ford, Lincoln, Mercury, and and uh, International Trucks and BMW and different things. And so I was born into it. And from the time I was literally, Dad said, by the time I was four, I wanted to stand up in the front seat of the car and name off the cars coming down the roads. And of course, that's before you had seat belts and had to worry about all that stuff. But. Uh, um, and yeah, but, you know, really by the time I was 10 or so, I was building every little model car I could get my hands on. And I just, I, I was, I was born in love with cars, period.
0: And you came up through the ranks. Reminds me of another amazing gentleman, Craig Jackson of, uh, oh, Barrett yeah. Jackson, you know, yeah. he had just come up, you know, here's a guy that's got this big, uh, this big outfit and there it is. No, he came come up through the business. Did, uh, so Mom and dad were were backing you, and, and here you are as a 10-year-old. You're tinkering, feeling confident. What made you decide to go from perhaps go-karting and, you know, some of the traditional startup race mobiles to getting serious? What was your transition point that really was the trigger for you to take competition seriously?
2: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I was... Look, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be the fastest one on a bicycle, and, uh, <laughs> and and then and then and my dad was not really for any of this. He he was afraid that uh, I was just wild enough I would hurt myself or worse. So he, he was not my supporter for racing. In fact, he made it very clear that if I was going to buy a go kart, I had to earn half the money to buy it, or I wasn't getting one. So
0: I like that. Yes, I, yeah. I I mean I I, I think. The, um some folks would say, and I'm not getting into demographics or anything, but some folks would say, "Hey, you know, there's there's some entitlement going yep. on." skin you know, in the game, yeah. though. You got to have skin mm-hmm. in the game, Bruce. You did. You did race. Uh, you had appearance at, appearances at uh, IMSA and uh, Trans Am. Tell us about your time uh, moving to about the late '70s. You were really serious, doing some amazing things on the track. Your time racing with Rick Mears and Monty Shelton. What was it like at the uh, 24 Hours of Daytona?
2: Well, of- and n- none of us had ever been there, and I had purchased a two-year-old car, which at that time was, you know, about 20% the price of one of the new cars, so that was what was affordable, and I had I had help with, with a partner that said, let's go get it, so it gave us a start, and uh, we basically... You know, we we had my guys that had worked on the sprint cars that I drove for a long time because I did other cars before that, super modified and sprint cars, and they actually continued the the sprint cars for a little while during that period. But but basically, we just took our guys and we prepared the car. and And Garretson Enterprises was very successful, and they were close to us. They were in Mountain View, and they told us what we needed to do and and uh, you know how how to do a 24 hour race. And we had zero experience doing that, and 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 of course, Rick and Monty and I had never been to Daytona, so it was uh, to race. Actually, we hadn't been there, so it was uh, it was great. We we went there. We kind of followed we followed a, a a plan that was given to us and said follow this plan as close as you can, and and uh, you know. We ended up on the podium right the first time there.
0: That is incredible. But one of the things that you said, which I I thought was very valuable, is in life I think sometimes we're showing up for the first time. But no, 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 we're not showing up without some strategy, tactic, and a team. You had an amazing team. If you're there for the first time, sure, there's some nerves, but you got your team backing. We have a lot of younger race teams uh, from all over the country that listen to the show. What advice would you have for a team that seems to be in a rut mechanically. It could be financially. How do you keep them going? How do you keep them motivated?
2: Well, it's, it, I think it's like anything. Uh, anything that you want to do, you have to kind of stay optimistic all the time, and you have to work at it as hard as you can, and you can't you can't really back off of it. And and you know, really hard work equals results. And you may not get it the first time, and then you may not get it later. You may have to, you may go away and come back. But you know, it's it's all about really hard work and attention to detail with everything you do. So yeah, I I tell guys, there's no magic, none. So
0: yeah, no doubt. I know that you have uh, some of the world's best mechanics working over at the shop. We're going to talk about the shop here in a minute. So you 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 actually got involved with the Porsche nine fifty nine for those that don't know let's let's just talk about that nine fifty nine platform. What made that quite different from other platforms and including the other lineups that Porsche had at the time
2: well and it was it was an interesting time for Porsche. They were financially doing just okay and they were looking for ways to be more successful and there was um, a, a faction within the company that thought they needed to go to front engine water-cooled cars, you know, via the 924, 928, et cetera. And, and they had just hired a new president, and and his name was Peter Schutz, and he'd come from Cummins Diesel Company, and and he came on board. And then there was Helmut Bott already there, their chief engineer at Weisoc and and the two of them, basically felt it was a mistake to terminate the 911 because that was really the plan was the air-cooled rear-engine 911 would go away and uh it would be you know front-engine cars and and the 959 was was two things going on there was there was Group B rules coming to race the the the, the World Rally Series stuff and 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 there was a chance to prove that the 911 had a future and the 959 really became a testbed for how far you could advance the 911 and what that would look like. And, of course, the 959 had all-wheel drive and it had twin turbos and it had a six-speed uh, transmission and it had, you know, adjustable suspension and and uh, just a whole lot of things that, that Porsche had not ventured into. And and it really proved that there was a tremendous future for the Porsche. And, uh, and look, here we are. You know, the Porsche 911 is still... One of the best, if not the best, sports car in the world.
0: Yeah, any 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 book that has uh, some of the greatest vehicles made will have absolutely a lineup of some beautiful nine elevens. I, I thought as well that nine fifty nine for the, for during its time, uh, you know, sort of this concept car, early eighties. If if I'm right, in mid eighties. Porsche was really doing some amazing things regarding uh, computer control modules, things like that. Nothing like our controlled area network we have today, but back then, I understand as they were testing these vehicles to do adjustments, they, they literally had to pull the module out and, and make changes uh, almost mechanically, as opposed to what we would do, uh, sort of uh, a tune in with a chip. Your experience with the 959, what differently is done today to, to allow someone a collector that wants to buy a nine fifty nine that enables them to perhaps uh, tune this on the fly. What are you doing there at Canapa uh, Design, well, Canapa Group?
2: And what we, you know, the nine fifty nine. It's interesting because Porsche's cars have always been pretty much ahead of the curve. It's it's how I it's how I happened across Porsche. My my dad had actually taken one in trade. Um, on a Lincoln Continental, and and I snuck out and drove it. That was 1969, and it was just a standard 68 911. And uh, I went and drove the car, and I had been driving, you know, American cars, and it was like, oh, my God, this is whole different different world. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, this car turns and stops and accelerates and handles and, you know, everything. So Porsche was always... Well, ahead of the curve in terms of what was going on in, in automotive engineering. When they did the 959, that car, honestly, when it first, and I, I had the first one in the United States to drive in '87 when production came out, and, and, um, and, and that car was 20 years ahead of its time. It was so advanced compared to anything else that had been built at that point. It did things that were really, at that point, hard to imagine. And, and um, in fact, Rick Mears and I, when I first got it, we went out and drove that thing kind of late at night and early in the morning so people wouldn't be around and we could see how cool it really was at higher speeds. So. Yeah, you were,
0: you were just trying to not get pulled over. I see how you are. We exactly. understand. <laughs> uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we've got uh, Bruce uh, Canapa. Uh, I invite you guys go over to canapa.com there are some incredible collector cars uh, immaculately restored bruce i want to have you hang tight i do want to talk about what laws that you were behind uh to actually allow us to uh buy a, a 959 here in the states uh so i want you guys to stay tuned ranch nation I'll next Get on to partsauthority.com, check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Hey, Gilbert friends, when we talk about car repair, car care, getting all of your stuff done on your car, excellence, integrity, workmanship, those are large words. Well, I got to tell you, a little place on Cooper and Warner in Gilbert, the car shop, you've got to meet Chris Baldron, the car shop. He is absolutely on top of his game. He's a certified technician, has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop. So, if you're out in Gilbert, Warner, and Cooper, you've got to visit Chris Baldrin at the car shop. Friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So, reach out to the car shop, 480-855-8000. Four eight oh eight five five eight thousand, the car shop, Warner off of Cooper.
1: There must be some kind of way out of here. Say to the thief. There's too much confusion
0: I can't get no relief Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Frank and Susie hanging out with you guys. Uh, big shout-out to Tony out of New York. Also, we have uh, Jill out of San Diego and a bunch of you. Get on the Wrench Nation Facebook, of course, if you have any car questions. Uh, we're 24-7 there. Uh, if you're just joining us, we have Bruce... Canapa with the Canapa Group, uh, com. Visit the website. Bruce, thanks for hanging. My pleasure. We did talk about that 959 exotic technology, one of the greatest collector pieces. I'm sure you have several of those uh, in the garage for sale. But like many exotics that we see all over the world, sometimes we can't buy them. And back during that time, I guess the laws were a lot more stringent you were behind some of changes so that folks could actually get behind the wheel of a nine fifty nine. Tell us about that.
2: Well, and the laws probably aren't any more stringent than now, but basically a car that's sold in the United States has to go through crash testing and emissions testing and and um, and, and prove that it's you know safe and clean. And <clears throat> the nine fifty nine Porsche only built two hundred and ninety approximately two hundred ninety two nine five nines. And when Porsche started out with this car they actually had given a proposed price to everybody what they could buy the car for and took deposits and stuff and and when they got to a point where they realized what the build cost was because they were they were kind of hand built cars. They really weren't production when you build two hundred ninety cars. Sure, sure. When they got to that point the the, the production cost was two hundred thousand dollars plus more than the sales price and uh so they really kind of reeled it back in and decided they were going to build a limited amount of cars and part of that was none of those would come to the United States or be tested for crashworthiness or emissions because that That's was an added layer
0: yeah. yeah an a, added well, layer added expense. a big layer sure sure yeah
2: so you know you know, I'm I'm a stubborn person, and I said I want to get one in the country. So the first one came in the country. Actually, came in on a tourist visa, and the tourist visa kind of allows you to drive a car around for a short period of time. Interesting. And when I when I drove it around, I was contacted by Paul Allen, who I had sold a number of cars to, and and he, he wanted to know how I got that car and 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 how he could get one. And and as it turned out, I said, look, when the tourist visa is over, I'll sell you mine. And so, because he was going to just take it back to Europe, he had he had a residence there, and right. I said fine. And I and then in the meantime, he after he drove it, he said, "Well, why don't you get one for Bill?" And, Of course, that's Bill Gates. as We know. <laughs> him. And, and uh, you got a little
0: nine fifty nine club going there, yeah.
2: yeah and, and Bill was not Bill wasn't a car guy. I'm not sure he's a car guy today, even. But he wasn't a car guy. But it was it was the kind of car, you know, it was a Porsche. It was, it was, easy was exclusive, to drive, absolutely, yeah. and and it was very exclusive. So we we got one for Bill and and then it then it kind of snowballed from there Otis Chandler from the Los Angeles Times wanted one and and we started then we then we started kind of piling them up in in the in the free trade zone the foreign trade zone cuz you can put stuff there but we couldn't get them out we couldn't drive them we couldn't do much with them and uh, other than you know maybe R&D and because they weren't legal and that really led to how do we get them legal and 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 it was it was a bumpy road. It was it was there was no set direction other than I'm not taking no for an answer. That was the only thing that was in stone. And um, and from there we ended up. It ended up being a bill in Washington, a writer on the bill, on, and and uh, and it and it. They, it's been termed show and display, but it really allowed cars that were in very small production, usually 500 or less, technically or historically significant. To come to the United States, be driven 2,500 miles a year, not have to have any crash-worthiness testing, but meet, but you did have to make the car meet the emissions standard, plus 10%. And wow. so we said, we can do that. Well, it was tough, plus 10%. Trust me, that was...
0: Even uh, back then, yeah. I mean, eat, well, compared to CAFE standards today, that... Today, some, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. So basically, it was that was the biggest task, and we accomplished that task. We were able to get the cars' emissions legal. In fact, we were able to get them even California certified, and. Um and there, to, and then it went forward from there. I mean, it, uh, it was 1998 when the bill was passed because it was a rider on the Senate Transportation Bill, and um, and from that point forward, then we took the regulation and started working within the parameters of that to find out what we had to do to get them legalized. And and by 2000, they were on the road, and uh, and and it also allowed a lot of other great cars in the country that would have never been here: McLaren F1s and Bugatti EB110s, and at that time, XJ220s. Those were the major supercars and today there's probably 50 cars on that list now and 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 more on a regular basis there'll be there'll be more cars that end up on that list that that won't be crash tested because of the low volume and the extreme cost so
0: right makes sense um your impeccable attention to detail bruce you've been doing this for a while what's your advice uh to those that may be looking for a supercar What, what are they getting wrong
2: Well, you know, everybody's got, you know, everybody's going to have their opinions about what's right or wrong or this or that. I said, for me, um, I want cars that are practical to drive. And um, that's not to say I don't have cars like in the museum that are never driven or things like that, but I want a car that if I decide to go drive it, um, it, it it has all the performance aspects you could imagine or dream of, but it's also has great utility. I could throw some luggage in it. I could have a passenger. You know, it's comfortable. We could drive three hours and stop and get a bite to eat drive three more hours or four more hours and not feel totally exhausted, drive on the roads, which now have chuckles and stuff in them because, look, the roads are what they are. You're not going to change that. Um, park it in places where where there may not be much room. I want a practical car, and that's why we've continued the development on this particular car because it is so user-friendly. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's we're now at 800 horsepower, a 230-mile-an-hour car. does a quarter-mile in the high nines, and yet you can cruise down the street and go anywhere you want to go it doesn't have a big spoiler that you can't get in the driveway and it it really is very compliant so a, a not so perfect road is fine you know it's quiet inside it's comfortable and and uh that's there what makes go. it
0: special, yeah. And yeah. you forgot you can throw luggage in the back and head to the airport That's if you right. want to
2: come back. Yeah, Exactly.
0: I'm on your site, and I do invite you guys, go visit Canapa.com. We're, we're talking not only some race history and customization, restoration. We're going to talk about that Pikes Hill climb that you did in a big rig. We're going to get to that. That was pretty exciting. But you do have what you are calling the weekly shop walks. It looks like you have one, uh, well, you July 12th, week of July 12th. I'm in the neighborhood. I want to come by. Give me an idea what this shop walk is all about.
2: Well, we've you know we've we've obviously grown over the years. I tell everybody we're an overnight sensation after 40 years, <laughs> but 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 the reality is is one of my goals was first of all I won't compromise anything in terms of quality. I mean I. I our whole team has the attitude to do the very best they can the first time. No compromises, no shortcuts, period. Either do it right or don't do it. And and we have a great bunch of guys that, that totally live that, that motto. Um, and that's why the workmanship here is so good, because they're great guys and they'll only do it one way. Uh, in fact, they don't even know how to do it the other way. I don't think they could do it if they had to, if they had to shortcut something. Yeah. But but the reality is, is that to do that, we... We, uh, I kind of decided, and we decided we had to control, you know, as much of the project in its entirety as possible. So, our facility now, when you walk in, there's there's the mechanical side of the shop. There's fabrication areas. There's machine shop. There's a full engine shop for all the race engines. There's there's metal forming. There's composite work. There's paint shop. There's upholstery shop. Um, you know, everything is done in house except for i, I can 't even imagine. other than plating you know whether it 's cat or chrome or nickel or some, we send out plating, but really almost every other process is done in house, and almost everything that needs to be done to a car can be done here i said I said we can 't make tires and, and he said that 's about the only thing we can 't do so and it allows us to control the quality level from the beginning to the end, it allows us to control the timelines to do the projects and um, and it allows us it allows me and the guys to make Every little detail decision, and not have somebody else do it and it's wrong and you got to redo it or you wish you hadn't done it that way and you have to leave it alone. We make those decisions literally hourly. So,
0: yeah, I mean, that's. Uh Incredible as a team culture. A lot of our garage owners that listen, you know, everyday wrenches that are working retail outfits understand the importance to attention to detail. But, you know, when you're talking about, I, I'm looking at some of the cars. You've got an 84 Porsche 962. You've got a 63 Chevy 327 You've got a 63 Porsche. You have quite the collection. And and these cars are for sale. I imagine you get investors from all over the globe. What's a hot spot right now? Are Australians for American or German cars? What, you if know, I can ask that,
2: I, I I don't think there's a hot spot. I'm. I think the whole world is is likes cars more now than they did before. I mean, if you look at the last 10, 15 years and how cars have become collectible and they become collectible for some people that only bought art or some people that bought something else, because they said the car is three-dimensional or multi-dimensional. You, you you hang a piece of art on the wall and you just look at it. You get a car and you can smell it and taste it and feel it, and, 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 and you're the reason it moves if you drive it. So, you know, there's not many pieces of art that you can do that with. And so, really, there's, there's collectors from all over the world. There's really... Not there's not a, a bigger culture than in America. I mean, Americans love cars, and and we have the roads and the hills and and the places to drive the cars probably as good or, or, or as any anywhere else in the world. And um, and you know, and I, you could be retired today and do a car thing every day, whether it's a cars and coffee, a road yes, tour, true, a race. Yeah. I mean, every single day you could go do a car thing. Now that's how much it's grown. Yeah. And and people like all kinds of cars. I like all kinds. Of cars. Yes, I'm a Porsche fan. I love Porsches. I mean, I have since the first time I drove them. But I also like pickup trucks, and I like I like Corvettes, I like that '63 split window. Everything that's in our showroom for sale, all those cars that are for sale, is something that I like. I mean, there's a Triumph Stag in there. It just happens to be perfect. There's you know, there's there's a Ford GT, or, you know, Ford GT in there. I mean, there's a 300 SL Mercedes. There's there's a couple of Ferraris. I like all kinds of cars, and you know. I mean, for me, it's really simple. It's design and performance and quality and function. It's all those things that make up a great car, and there's there's a lot of great cars in the world.
0: Yeah, so. before we uh, head to break, uh, not only do you like cars, but come on, Bruce, you're not mentioning the big daddy big rigs. Uh, you did something pretty incredible by way of the Pikes Peak truck hill climb in a big old Kenworth CFIT 2000 big rig. Now, what were you thinking? How do you get from a Porsche, Bruce, and then say, you know what?
2: I gotta take that big rig up that hill.
0: Tell me what was what was going on. I mean, you...
2: well, sometimes you have lapses, right? You just do. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that can happen, right? We we say, "What the hell was I thinking?" But it, it was um, you know, it was a time when I was doing design work for Kenworth in our design studio. We were doing a lot of the truck design, the aero design, and stuff. We we were really instrumental in that in the very beginning, and um, and you know making these trucks all really aero-looking. I I, I love big trucks. I grew up around them. My dad taught me how to drive a dump truck when I was 12. So <laughs> I was always a truck guy. And and I always looked at them as like big cars. So why shouldn't they be nice like a car? So that's why we got involved. And then the uh, the, the, the chairman of Car, which is Kenworth and Peterbilt, one day when I was up there doing a project, he asked me if if I would go look at their race truck that they were racing at Pikes Peak. And, and if I would, you know, he, he knew I had been to Pikes Peak in 81. And of course, he knew I raced cars uh, for a number of years, and and he said, "Would you come look at our truck and give us some pointers? You know, we're we're kind of not winning right now, and and uh, <laughs> and and it was, you know, they're as competitive as can be. You think about truck guys, but hey, they were racing against Mercedes and Ford and Volvo, and they they you know they want a uh, freightliner, they want to win the thing if they're, if they're going to race. So,
0: so you weren't going to just uh, tinker mechanically. You said, no, 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 I need to get behind the wheel with this thing uh, for sure.'" I want to let the folks know, because actually you can catch that YouTube video, um, you should just type in the search, uh, Pikes, uh, I think it's 2001, is that right, Bruce? Uh, I think so, yeah. 2001.
2: We did it three years, but yeah, right in that period, yes.
0: Bruce Canapa, C-A-N-E-P-A, if you guys are tuning in right now or catching the replay, go check out that YouTube video. You actually are in the cab with Bruce, and uh, there's some harrowing moments, and you did it, what, I think it was 13 minutes, was it?
2: Thirteen 14. minutes, yeah. Yeah, was, that's, uh, that's bananas. No,
1: I screwed up. Yeah. I said it was in Seattle. It's actually the Colorado Pike yeah, Peak, Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, oh, yeah. thinking, what was Colorado? I thinking? Well, well, don't coffee. don't yeah. stop, because
0: Bruce is competitive. He may he <laughs> know. may compete to throw some fish there <laughs> <Maybe> at the Pike's <laughs> Market. So, uh, Bruce, hang with us. We're going to cut to break. We're going to uh, dive into some more of your uh, awesome collection and where folks can find you. Stay tuned, Ranch Nation next. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. The meantime. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480 726 6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. Ranch Nation, Frank and Susie, always uh, love hanging out with you guys. Uh, catch our Twitter. You can communicate with us over there, Ranch Nation. Facebook, of course. We appreciate you guys. Uh, boy, this little, little show has grown. Uh, we've had amazing guests, and boy, boy, this show included the incredible Bruce Canova. Canova.com. Bruce, CEO of uh, Canova Group. This group, tell us about this group, a collective, a consortium of all the things that you're doing. Give the folks uh, uh, an idea of how that's all partitioned and comes together as one big canipa family
2: well it's one big group <laughs> 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 i mean we basically as it grew we we brought all these different disciplines in house so we could do everything here and and so so now we're basically a 70 plus thousand foot facility at this point and wow. uh and and y- what's nice is there's a museum that's all race cars and that's open to the public and, th- and that same public can walk along a catwalk and see all the shops and what's going on in the shops but I mean the shops the shops there's a whole motorsports department where we're restoring and maintaining race cars and uh, there's there's you know the whole area where we do upholstery and because the 959s we're actually rebuilding those cars now they're 30 plus years old and we're buying cars at the paints Tired, and the upholstery is getting tired, and they they need you know more than just service. I tell people cars time out; they things get old and just start to get old and don't work right. It's not just mileage, so sure we're rebuilding those. So they, you know they can; these cars are taken down to a bare body and completely rebuilt up brand new. Um, every finish, every piece of plating, uh, upholstery paint, we're doing all these custom colors. And, and of course, like I said before, we're, they're making 800 horsepower now. So
0: yeah, that's incredible. Um, and, and of but, course, RVs, you, you've got a whole, uh, in the transporter transcoast RVs, uh, uh industry as well. Um, you're covering that ground as well.
2: Yeah, we do that on a very um, on a much smaller basis in terms of the sizing because we do really one-off custom stuff, and uh, you know we do we do these trucks that are that look like a coach kind of they're truck. Cab with a box on it, and they can be a full motorhome, or they can be a trans coach. We call it where it's it has a lounge, and it's in with the lounge. It still hauls three cars, so a yeah. guy can take all his toys with him. And, and when he gets to some place, he's got a lounge with everything in it, and a place to rest or or even shower. We do them with everything, and they do that. So yeah, I like. I like building things, so and 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 it was just a natural. All the years that I've liked trucks, that we would do that too. So we we built race trailers for years, the big semi trailers and and custom trucks, and now we're doing you know more stuff that's that's RV related, all custom.
0: Yeah, I invite you guys get on over to uh, Canapa.com. dot com. Listen, any website that has categories, including an, it's, a, it's a separate category that says eye candy. You can (laughs) click on eye candy and there's your shop walks and projects and race videos. Uh I have a question Bruce and I and I try to tap into uh the industry uh I do a lot of work with the Automotive Service Association nationally uh representing uh close to 100,000 mechanics uh, uh out of DC we have a lobbyist you know protecting our interest uh, as an automotive aftermarket one of the biggest challenges that we have as an industry is this shortage of mechanics from a highline perspective uh with with some of these amazing restorations and builds that you have are you finding the same
2: well, I, I, I think, you know, I, I've said for a while, this is not just now, I've said for the last 10 years or 15 years that it's unfortunate that there are not really great trade schools, plenty of them in this country, for guys to learn skill sets. And, and you know, working on cars is a tremendous skill set, um, um, whether it's rebuilding a transmission or an engine or differential or electronics or, you know, whatever it is it is, it's a skill that is it's it 's really shortage of people that can do it and and most of the guys that are doing it it 's interesting we have we have two groups in here we have the guys that did it all their life, and they 're teaching younger guys that are coming that still want to do it, but it, we need more trade schools in this country to do that and and everything carpenter work, tile work you know plumbers
0: all skills I mean, yeah
2: all skills all everybody 's yeah. getting degree people come and apply here for jobs with degrees in biology and history and and um, uh, you name it, right? Psychology and this and that, and they but they don't have a skill set, and yeah, uh, yeah. and not everybody can work in the tech world, and not any, everybody in the tech world is going to be rich. So the skills now pay people really well because it's it's uh, I, I think there's there's just not nearly enough people that know how to work with their hands and think how to do things properly, whether you know building something or fixing something.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I have to compliment what you're saying, Bruce. We decided to do the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show live from one of the premier, Uh They rank at Skills USA nationally, the East Valley Institute of Technology. They have an amazing automotive program. Uh, you're spot on. Now, I've got to follow up with that. Are you hiring for mechanics right now? We are. All right. Nice. Tell folks where they can apply.
2: They apply to uh, canapa.com. Uh, there's an info page on there. They'll see what we're looking. We're actually looking for body people and mechanical people, and, and uh, we're, we're short. The amount of work we have, uh, I mean, I think we have almost 70 people, and we need like seven more right now. We're looking for an intern for upholstery. Um, for our journeymen to teach them where we need we need more automotive mechanics we uh, we really need quite a few people we're never we never find enough people i tell people looking for really good people that that love this have the passion love this business want to do things right and have the skill sets uh, they're 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 few and far between so it's something we look at kind of year round we're looking for people
0: so there you have it if you're tuning in or catching this on the replay podcast or another radio station canapa C A N as in Nancy Edward Paul Alpha dot com. Click on the company. Get down an employment. You've got an attitude. You've got a will to pay attention. You've got a will to possibly mentor under some. I mean, this is old school tradesman like work. You will like we do in the garage, Susie. Yep. Where uh, our master tech there's a there's two years. Yep. Before a technician is going to be left alone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at our level, Bruce, you know, we're doing yeah. retail uh, factory work. Uh, we're going to leave it last, Bruce. We want to let folks know what uh, what are you doing by way of tours or shows out in California, possibly that we can send folks uh uh, over to possibly catch your booth, uh, some of the great pieces that you may be touring. Are you doing anything coming up uh, in the next week No,
2: we are always. But, uh, and, and on our website, we're all saying, like, this weekend we're at the World Concourse. <laughs> You're
0: <which> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't everywhere, have asked so. him
2: that. Oh, God, yeah. I can see and you. Then, and then, you know, we're, we're just around the corner. We're at a car week in Monterey. So... We will, we'll be at the racetrack during the duration of Car Week for the Monterey Historics and, and bringing you know, a number of customer cars in addition to the cars that I drive. And then we'll, you know, we'll be at the concourses, and, and it just goes on and on. I mean, literally almost every month we're, we're somewhere doing something. And, um, and our place is open to the public all the time to come see the museum. That's six days a week and, and see the facilities. So, uh, you know, that's a nice thing. We have this catwalk so they can actually see all the cars and what the guys are working on. And, and um, um, yeah, year-round, it never stops. Really, Rick, I think
0: we
1: need to go and Yeah, visit.
0: Bruce, you know, our crazy tribe of Ranch Nation, we're going to come out and see. In fact, I do a lot of work out in Malibu with Fireball Tim and Ken Vela and some of the... Uh, uh, Southern California, uh, Orange County uh, area folks, hunting in Beach. We're going to make a trip. Of course, we'll give you a call. We want to make yeah. sure you're in house. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we'd love to come out and visit with your garage and and some of the great things that you're doing. Well, and, we'd love uh, to
2: have you here and 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 all your all your guests that come on the show too. It's uh, it's open to the public, so you'd enjoy it.
0: Well, we are just honored and grateful that you're able to spend some time with us, Bruce canapa uh, canapa.com ceo of the canapa group bruce thank you so much for joining ranch nation
2: thank you very much
0: man it's incredible with what i find with bruce and just listening to his story one thing there is a common thread and i think you listening can agree automotive people when you get that bug and you get that passion people are sharing when when you have somebody in the automotive industry. They are sharing what they do. And, and that's why hashtag fake news for those of you that think the future is not there by way of car culture. You've got the Bruce Cannabis of the world. Yep. You've got the Ken Vellas, the Fireball uh, Tims of the world that are passing on yep. that excitement. Because we can easily just hog up our own little certain little exclusivity behind the racetrack wheel collection. But that's not the case. So I want to thank you guys. Get on over to wrenchnation.tv. You can catch all of your favorite shows. Get on to Wrench Nation Facebook if you got any car questions. Susie, thank you, my dear. Mm, my pleasure. We had a great week. It was a great week. As I tell you, people, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic. Last night, a
2: little dancer came dancing to my door. Last night, a little angel came pumping on my floor.